0: First uh, Timothy tonight. Tonight, I don't even know where I am today. Which is actually going to go good with what we're talking about today. Actually, I'm going to go into a series, and uh, it's kind of um, the next couple of weeks can be kind of uh, kind of like a, a counseling, a group counseling session, so to speak. Actually, we'll be in Second Timothy, Second Timothy one. And just some things that I've uh, been studying and looking at and trying to, trying to figure myself out. And I want to say this, that I am probably the least qualified person to talk on the subject of overcoming insecurity. You know, some people have said it, you know, probably to a fault. I, I do try to be transparent. Um, hope, I, hope, uh, I hope you don't come looking to hear from a uh, perfect Preacher, you know uh, one one of the issues I have sometimes. You know, some some of the prophets of the Old Testament. uh, One of the titles that uh, they're kind of given in the Old Testament is "Man of God," and uh, and sometimes we talk about the preacher, the man of God, and uh, and if we're not careful, we kind of put them on a pedestal and uh, and say this is the man of God, and uh, and and then all of a sudden, when you realize that he's a little bit human, you're kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. And we forget to realize that we're all in this thing together, we're all figuring out life and learning to walk with God, and we're all growing. And, uh, and I hope that's where you're at, I hope you're here this morning because you want to grow, that you're desiring to grow close to the Lord and in your walk with Him and, uh, and as, as a Christian in this world. Uh, That we're desiring to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ, and and how that spills over in all the areas of our life. That makes me a better father, that makes me a better husband, a better employee, employer, or whatever the case may be. But, but, But we're not really doing it to try to be better in those areas, we're doing it because we want to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to give honor and glory to Him. And uh, so I'm going to address an issue, and t- we're not going to go super deep this morning. We're going to address a lot of issues, but t- we're going to kind of just uh, kind of answer the question, what is insecurity? What is security? And, 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 and where is it found? And, and, um, and I believe the Bible actually has a lot to say about it, though. You're not going to find the word insecurity in the Bible. Uh, you're going to find some things. And so, so you might be sitting here and think, well, good, you know, so-and-so needs this message. And I, I think the reality is every one of us, Every one of us have some insecurities that we have to face. And what we do is we like to disguise it. We like to mask it with certain things. We, uh, we try to sidestep it or, or overcompensate in other areas to try to, to, to overcome it. But uh, the reality is we all have a little bit of insecurity. And I think we're going to, uh, as we look to the Bible, the, the perfect law of liberty... My desire is that it'll do what the Bible says it will do. And it's like a mare. As we look into it, it shows us ourselves, but it shows us the Lord Jesus Christ and, and where we're off and how, how we can better align ourselves, if you would, with what God has for us. And so in, uh, in 2 Timothy 1, um, look what it says in uh, verse number 6. It says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance... That thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. Some things that that Timothy had received from God that has kind of gone dormant, if you would. And and verse number 7, For God had not given uh, uh, given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. It's interesting uh, throughout, uh, really, the theme of 1 Timothy, uh, one, something that shows up several times is, uh, at least the first two chapters, is this word Ashamed. And I think uh, uh, insecurity leads to this, this idea. And in fact, it says in, uh, in uh, verse number 8, uh, he says, Be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. There's two areas there he points out of, of Timothy being tempted to be ashamed. Ashamed of the testimony of the Lord and ashamed of Paul the prisoner who has been arrested for the faith. Uh, verse number 12, he, he talks about, uh, he says, uh, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Paul t- uh, emphasizing to Timothy how he himself, he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed of the sufferings, and he's not ashamed of what God has led him to do, knowing full well of the one who had called him and the one who had led him into this place. And, and verse number 16, it says, The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus. For he oft refreshed me, who was not ashamed of my chains. And now he's pointing to someone else who did not struggle with being ashamed. But rather, you know, it says later how he sought out Timothy diligently to to be that encouragement. He was not ashamed of, uh, or rather of Paul, of his bonds. And then uh, chapter 2, verse number 15. Study this, show thyself, approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed linking it to his relationship with the Word of God. But, but I really think this comes from this idea of spirit of fear, a, a spirit of fear that was causing Timothy to make decisions and associations, uh, really, that weren't healthy. Uh, a spirit of fear uh, leads to, lead, led to this insecurity. And, uh, you know, it's, what it's going to do in our lives is going to cause us to, to, to go in a direction that God does not want us to live. That's what insecurities are going to do. In fact, I personally believe... In, some commentators have, have kind of commented on that, but I, I believe at this point of the second letter to Timothy uh, that I, I think Timothy was ready to quit. Some think he even already had quit. He was, he was very uh, str- uh, really struggling. In fact, uh, just a few verses back in chapter 1, he says, Paul says to Timothy that, I'm very mindful of thy tears. He, he's very burdened he's very weighed down and very discouraged and, uh, and 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 a lot of it, I think, when we read about Timothy, I think between the lines, it's very easy to see he there was a a, a timidness to him, and there was some there were some insecurities there. So I want to kind of answer the question and, and look at what what is insecurity, what what is security. What is a spirit of fear? What does it look like? And how do we get rid of it? I do think that this spirit of fear is probably the closest to a Bible phrase that we have to, to this thing of what we call insecurity. By the way, you want to you deal with issues in life. Make sure you're defining them with the Bible. Psychology has all kinds of titles that we give things and all kinds of uh, things we label things. All right, We want to get a Bible answer? Let's figure out what's the Bible word for this thing I'm talking about, right? Uh, for example, you don't find the word suicide in the Bible. So how do I deal with that? Well, you know, by the way, did people, were there suicides in the Bible? Yeah, but what the Bible does talk about, it says, uh, it talks about murder and what is suicide but self-murder. So now we can have a Bible word and we can look and search it out. You see, the Bible talks about some of these, uh, uh, or it talks about everything that we go through. What we want to do is we want to make sure that we're giving it Bible terms. And so uh, we're looking at this spirit of fear. Why are some people insecure about their things? Why are are some people insecure about who they are and what people think of them? Why are people insecure about their position in life and, and where does insecurity come from and and, and things like, you know, why, 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 do, why is social media one of, the, one of the, the, the fertile grounds, if you would, for insecurity? And we're going to, over the next few weeks, answer some of these questions and look at some of the things, even in our own society, that kind of lead us to insecurities. But I want to look at Timothy this morning, and I think it's going to be a help to, to us as we kind of just look at a generalization of this thing of insecurity. You might say, why Timothy? There's a lot of people we can go to in the Bible... Uh, as we look at this spirit of fear, uh, I think about Peter. Now, Peter, we can obviously look at, well, before, you know, when Christ was taken and he kind of cowered around, uh, you know, the fire there and denied the Lord, we can say, oh, that was a, definitely an insecure moment for Peter. But if you think about Peter, after, uh, boy, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he preached at Pentecost. And, uh, you know, uh, he was just this mighty bold preacher, we think. He did not struggle with insecurity. He uh, he was the poster child, if you would, of boldness and confidence. So wait a minute. Remember Galatians chapter 2? Peter, even after he understood that, uh, that, that the Jews and the Gentiles were one body, uh, there had been a transition now, if you would, into the New Testament, and, uh, and, and it's not about the law, and it's not about works and all this stuff. He was sitting down, he was having a good old meal with uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, but then certain came from James, from Jerusalem, and what did Peter do? He got up and got himself away from the Gentiles for fear of what these other Jews from Jerusalem would think about him having dinner with the Gentiles. In fact, it was such a big deal, Paul says that he withstood him to his face about this. (laughs) But, you know, this sounds a little bit like some insecurities that I face. You know, the Bible says that the things written aforetime were written for our learning and admonition, That we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. You know how often we see ourselves on the pages of scripture? You know, I look at some of these characters and I was like, boy, I could just insert Aaron right there. I could just insert my name uh, right there instead of that character. In the same chapter uh, there in Galatians, it says that other Jews dissembled likewise with Peter. With him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried with their dissimulation. You know, insecure people cause other people to be insecure. You think about Barnabas, his name means Son of Consolation. He was the great encourager, he was the first one to embrace uh, 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 Paul when he, uh, at his conversion when other disciples were like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> this is the persecutor. We're not going to embrace him, but he embraced him and, uh, and brought him along. And he was one that was willing to stand for what was right at, at several times. But, but all of a sudden here, when Peter walked away, other Jews walked away too, including Barnabas. Insecure people bring out an insecurity in other people. You see examples in the Old Testament. I think of Saul, King Saul. He was a, a great picture of insecurity. He kept thinking that David was after his throne. But David wasn't after. You know, he completely missed that David was his greatest ally. <laughs> Amazing. So why Timothy? In what ways did Timothy struggle? You know, these, these may not, every one of these be areas in your life, but, uh, but I want to look at this great man. By the way, Timothy, who was Timothy? A missionary, you could say. A church planter. He was a pastor. See, he was not a casual Christian. He was not a casual student of the Word. He, he, he trained with Paul. Paul had, if you would, a, uh, what I like to call a roving Bible college. You see, normally we'd send a young person to go to some building and study and train for the ministry, and, and Paul said, no, no, just walk with me, and here's how you're going to learn. I, I kind of like that, by the way. Isn't that how Jesus taught his disciples? And he brought him along. And then finally, he's in one city and he says, You know, Timothy, there's a church here with no pastor, and I think you're ready. And so he just drops him off there. He did the same thing with Titus for this cause, left I thee in Crete, that the ordained elders in every city. Here, uh, uh, Titus is dropped off at the island of Crete, and his job was to go around to the churches and see which one the hand of God was upon, and say, I think God wants you to pastor this church. A little different how we do it today, isn't it? But he left them, and that's what they did. So what I'm saying is, we're looking at Timothy, but he's not like a baby Christian. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, the human author, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, had such confidence that it was the will of God to leave Timothy here as a pastor. This man is struggling with a spirit of fear, or what we're going to call today insecurity. I'm going to lay out just a couple of reasons why I think he struggled with it. First of all, a uh, very good possibility because of his youth. Now, not the fact that just being young causes insecurity, but that people would judge him for it. You see, the, the, the Jewish mindset and the culture is that the, the earliest possible age for a teacher would be about 30 years old, and that's a novice. That's when Jesus, he started teaching at 30 years old, right? And, um, and they were amazed at Jesus in many instances because, you know, who's this guy? Look at the wisdom coming from him. He's, he's 30 years old. He's the son of a carpenter. How does he have this kind of wisdom? Right? They were just astonished at him often. It wasn't like some old man giving his, his wisdom. It was this young guy with maybe some energy. So, so Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In other words, Paul or Timothy, uh, uh, people are going to judge you because of your youthfulness, because, because of your age and possibly inexperience. Don't let anybody despise that, but rather lay out the example. Live in such a way that they really would not have something to say about your youth. By the way, I think it's a great verse for our young people. I think it's a great verse for teens in, in here to, to grab a hold of and say, you know, I'm not going to let anyone despise my youth, but rather I'm going to be a mature Christian. You don't have to wait until till you, you, you're like over people. You don't have to wait till you have, uh, you know, people that, that you're responsible for It all of a sudden decide I'm going to be a mature Christian. You can be one today. Let no man despise that youth. In fact, I think it is so good for a church when the older people in the church are under conviction because the young people in the church are so on fire for God. You know I can't wait to take our young people to our missions trip if the Lord allows us to have that. We had, we had to put it on uh, on hold, but but I'm hoping they come back just fired up for God. And get some of our old people uh, 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 get, get a fire into them to say, yeah, God's doing something. This is great. Let's let's keep this thing going. Let no man despise that youth. Possibly his age led into some insecurities. Possibly persecution. Now let's. Get the context of what's going on, the cultural context. Timothy is serving in the ministry in the Roman Empire. Up till now, the Romans have had issues with the Jews. The Jews are under their control, if you would, though they gave them relative freedom to kind of go to and fro. They let them have their religion and their religious laws. But uh, but of course, the Roman law would trump the religious law. And they were always batting at each other. And some of the religious officials would try to work hand in hand with the with the Sagg- or with the, with the, the Sanhedrin and the, the, the religious leaders in the Jewish community to make sure they're all kind of on board with each other. But now there's another... group, the Christ-like ones, the ones who are first called Christians at Antioch, and I'm reminded in places like like in the book of Acts when, when Peter in John, where we're going and they were preaching Christ and, they, and they, they got taken by the Sanhedrin and they whipped him and they put him in prison and, uh, and, they, and they warned him. They said uh, they told them not to uh, speak this name of Jesus anymore. And that's the, the bold statement where Peter stands up and says, we will be God rather than men. Uh, in that passage is an amazing accusation that was made on the disciples. And I love it because they saw it as an attack. I thought, wow, good for you guys. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. What was Jerusalem? Anybody know what Jerusalem is known for in the New Testament? I mean, that's like the central... That's like the, 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 the central place. That's where the temple was. That's where that, you know, the, the Jews who were scattered, if you would, they'd come there for the, for the Passover, and they'd come there for the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets and all, all the different uh, things. Uh, if they were able to make the pilgrimage, that's where they would go to. And this was the, the central aspect. And so, so to take the one that they had crucified for saying he was God, King of the Jews, to then fill that entire area with their doctrine. By the way, the first megachurch in history was there in Jerusalem. What a a statement to make. So what began to start happening and unfolding, and if we were to even fast forward from, from the context of our passage, fast forward just a few years, there will eventually be an emperor that will come in, and he'll burn Rome to the ground. And blame the Christians. And blame the Jews. The temple is going to be destroyed. This is the time period building up to that kind of sentiment that's going on in the community. Now, it's with that backdrop that Paul's in prison for preaching the gospel. He's got chains. He references many times the people that were ashamed of his chains, people that weren't ashamed of his chains. In in the book of Philippians, he references there are people that are preaching just to add to his bonds. The believers hated Paul. It's enough that the Jews hated him. It's enough that the Romans hated him. Also, Paul being a Roman citizen. But there were believers that despised Paul and were ashamed, they were embarrassed of his chains. Paul, or Timothy now, he's left in this place his mentor is in prison, getting ready to die. This is the last letter Paul will write. Getting ready to die. I'd say there's an area for some insecurity. I'm going to toe that line, make sure I don't overstep, and be the next one to get arrested. By the way, there's preachers in prison today. We're taking a bold stand for the Lord. Maybe, maybe it's because of potential persecution or even persecution that he did face. I don't know. We don't have actual letters from Timothy. Maybe he's insecure because of his separation from Paul. We talked about, of course, his imprisonment. But but think about this. Timothy traveled with Paul. He was a young man, and he got saved as Paul was coming through his town. And we, we talked a little bit about, uh, about Timothy's conversion before. And, uh, and, and, wh- and when he comes back, now, now Timothy has grown in the Lord. He's, he's, he's uh, been sort of confirmed in his church as a godly young man. And, uh, and, and Paul says, can I take Timothy with me? And he starts traveling with Timothy and he's, and he's learning the ministry and he's learning how to preach boldly and he's learning how to share the gospel and he's learning all these things. And, then, and let me just say, within all that, another play here in this letter, uh, Paul tells Timothy, you've known my doctrine, my manner of living, but then he says it's my persecutions. Timothy saw Paul get persecuted and probably was persecuted with him at times. But you know, as he's with Paul... Can you see Timothy and Paul and maybe some of the other guys? Titus is there. Some of these others. Luke is probably with them. And some people approach them and say, who's in charge here? Who's going to stand up? Paul's going to answer, right? Or they bring some hard questions. Paul's going to answer. Or they bring some accusations and some things and, 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 and Paul answers. Well, now there's no Paul. Timothy, all by his lonesome, as the, the shepherd, if you would, or the bishop of this church. He didn't have a phone he can just get on. Paul, how do I answer this question? He, he, he was there by himself. It very well could be that, that this person who's, if I can say it this way, coattails he was riding, and I don't mean that really in a bad way, uh, but you know, he was being kind of carried by his spiritual father, his spiritual mentor, and now he's not there. I'd say there's some areas for some insecurities. I remember uh, one time I had to deal with a very, I think I was a pastor for a month, and I'm dealing with this really, really difficult issue. So complex, it'll take time to give you the whole story, I'm not going to get into it, but it was a really complex situation. So I didn't know what to do, so I, uh, you know, I think I'd been ordained like three months. So I called some older pastors that I knew and uh, said, what do you think about this? He laid out the situation, what would you do in this situation? And I kid you not, I did not get any counsel, here's what I got. Brother, I've never experienced anything like that, I'll pray for you. You coward. And I'm stuck in the midst of this thing. It's hard. It's hard. Insecurities. Maybe maybe he had a predisposition for insecurity. You know, some people are just kind of that way. Many times, maybe because of their upbringing, sometimes it's, it's how you were raised. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you think about Timothy. He, he had a faithful mother who loved God. He had a faithful grandmother who loved God. But his dad was a Greek. Now, just from, just from what we know about Timothy, one of the things Paul did when Timothy was going into the ministry, as an adult, he's a Jewish, well, he's really, he's really a half-breed, half-Jew, half-Greek. But he's going to be ministering to Jew, in a Jewish congregation. And so what, what he does is he, as an adult, gets circumcised. Now, Timothy's mother, faithful Jew. Grandmother, faithful Jew. What does a faithful d- Jew do when their boys are born? Seventh day, eighth day, get them circumcised. So if she's a faithful Jew, and he did not get that, here's what we can infer. Dad wouldn't have it. You see, I don't think he was just passive, personally. I don't think he's just like, yeah, you can have your religion. I think he was probably antagonistic. No, you can't go and get our boy. No. No, our boy's Roman. Can you see it? You see the, the possibility? I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to like read into the text, but, but that's, I think, a, a, a safe inference that we can draw from it. Why did he not get circumcised? So, so here's the situation. He, he had a, uh, you know, a disconnected, if you would, father. Even if he was there presently, he was not there spiritually for him. And uh, you know, we can even look at you know, just statistics with, with prisons and things like that. How many come from fatherless homes? And, uh, you know, what God's plan was to have a father and a mother, and I know there, there are definitely circumstances that can get in the way, and, and God's grace is there for wherever your circumstance is, but the reality is that, that, that the best, most healthy environment, study after study after study, have shown God's formula. And that is to have, have a father lead the home. Not just be there, but lead the home. And the mother there and they love God and they raise up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and 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 and, and you're gonna have the potential for the most stable and secure children some people that come from fatherless homes have really that many times struggle with insecurities or a, a father that is home but maybe disconnected okay um, All I'm just saying, this is Timothy's story, and and, and it very well could be that that, that, that's part of his, he had a disposition for insecurity because of his upbringing. Another thing, Timothy, at least for a season, was was disregarding his spiritual blessings. The things that God had given him in verse number 6, wherefore I put thee into remembrance, Paul had to remind Timothy of some things, that he'd stir up the gift of God which is in thee. Paul had been, or Timothy had been given some spiritual gifts that somewhere along the way had been neglected because of his discouragement. And by the way, I want to say this that when you step away from God, you will start to get discouraged. And when you're discouraged, you're going to further step away from God. And they feed off each other. You know, somebody would say, oh, I just, you know, uh, we've missed you. I haven't seen you in church for a while. I just wasn't in a good place. I don't think I should have been there. You No, that's when you need to overcome a little bit and just just do what's right and let your heart follow. (laughs) Okay? We get ourselves in trouble and we just say, oh, just my heart's not in it. But for whatever reason, Timothy, he was not accessing his spiritual gift, the, the power of God in his life that God had given to him. You know, sometimes sometimes we're insecure. We we have a Bible but we don't read it. We have a prayer closet but we don't use it. We have the principles of God, principles from the Word of God, and we don't meditate on them. And what starts to happen really quick, we start to get insecure. It starts to fall away, and we don't have that boldness. The Bible talks about how the the, the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. I'll tell you what, though, one I'm not feeling very righteous. Identify more with that wicked flea, the wicked flea when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Timothy was not accessing the, the resources, so he had to be reminded, remember Timothy, I want you to stir up those gifts. Remember that bless, the spiritual blessing of God by, by laying on our hands uh, during this, this transition time, this is during the apostolic era, and what they would do, the apostles would, would lay hands on people and confirm them in the Lord, and, and they'd receive a spiritual blessing during that time. And Timothy, along the way, was neglecting this gift. So he had to remind him of it. You know, insecurity has many faces. And, and you know, maybe none of those, maybe none of those you can relate with. But I think it's a good, fair assessment of where Timothy was at. Uh, you know, po- he insecure possibly because of his, his youth. Uh, persecution, separation from Paul. Uh, maybe he had a predisposition for it or, or uh, he had neglected the, his spiritual life. But what is security? What is insecurity? And what does it take to live securely in our lives? You know, I think of security, I, a couple of things come to mind. You know, I think of uh, security... Guard. I think of security guard. You know, someone who tries to keep a place secure or safe. I think of, I think of maybe uh, 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 cyber security. That's been a topic uh, in the last decade or so. You know, people stealing people's identities because your server was insecure and things. And, and I'll tell you what, that's all beyond me. Okay, uh, I just, I just know, don't access your bank account on your laptop at Starbucks. Okay, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, we think of cyber security. Think of home security. Right? We have all these security companies you know, trying to... Why? Because that's where we keep our valuables. That's where we, our, our family sleeps at night. That's where our things are. You know, think about Social Security. You know, Several years ago, they had this idea that people weren't going to save for themselves, so it was the government's job to take care of them. So they started taking a little bit of out of every paycheck, and they could take care of us when we're old. I think of Security Blanket, Emotional Security... National security, that's a topic a lot uh, these days. I think of places like, like Fort Knox, right? Whenever you want to say that some place is very, very secure, you compare it to Fort Knox, right? Can I just say, none of us are going to get into Fort Knox. I don't mean the mine here. I mean, you know, where the gold is kept, allegedly. I'll tell you what, we're not getting in there. Why? Because it's secure. I think of maximum security prison. What is that, what is, what's a maximum security prison? You're not breaking in, you're not breaking out, okay? At least that's the idea. When I was, uh, when I was in the high desert in Southern California, I tried uh, at least bi-weekly to visit. There was an inmate there. Uh, his sister got in touch with me. They were from a church in Northern California and he got himself in some trouble. And I'd meet with him on Saturdays, at visiting hours, and we'd maybe have a little Bible study and just, just visit and try to keep him encouraged. And I remember I'd go through, and you'd have metal detectors there, and you'd check all your pockets and everything. And then they'd open up one big old steel door. You go in. There's a hallway with another steel door. You can't go to that other door until this door is closed. And then you go to the next door. And then that one's got to open. And then you go, there were probably five or six of these doors. And I was thinking, there was no way in or out of these hallways. What good was that door? You know? and, uh, but I go through all this thing. And one time I was there, and they couldn't find one of the inmates. And we went on lockdown as I was inside, in the visiting area, and it's in the desert, and they don't really care to keep their inmates cool. That was a hot day. Triple digits outside, and we're sitting there waiting. What else can we talk about? What else do you want to talk about? Well, what happened? I was in a very secure place. You see, security is important, and you know, When we we talk about security, you know, these are some of the things that might come to mind. I think about security, I think about four words. I think of trust. To be secure, you think there's a level of trust. Trust must be there. You know, I think about uh, in in, um, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want it. And it talks about how he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Do you know what it takes to get a lamb to lie down? I'm no shepherd, but I hear they must have all of their needs perfectly met. They're absolutely content. They've eaten. They've had their drink. They don't feel any threat. They're completely at peace. They trust the shepherd. And they're able to lie down. When you're looking at for God, yeah, God makes me to lie down, here's really what it means. Well, it's really in the first phrase, I shall not want. Uh, he's met my every need, my every, uh, I'm taken care of. There needs to be trust to feel secure. There needs to be peace. I can lay down at night. I'm not afraid something's going to r- go wrong or something's going to happen to me. And listen, it's been a long time since I've laid down at night and not worried that, uh, that my room's going to be blown up. Okay? There was a time when I felt like, you know, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, get up at a moment's notice. My first couple of nights when I was in Iraq uh, and these mortar alarms would go off. Man, the first couple of times, I'd get all my gear on, and I'd run into a bunker, and I'd, I'd wait it out. Then it happened, and I start to find out this happens every single night. So finally, I just stayed in bed. <laughs> I was like, it was going to get me. It's going to get me. It's my time to go. And guess what? It never got me, okay? But, uh, but you know, there's, I, I, never, I never slept my whole year over there. Not good sleep. Why? There's no, there wasn't good security. I think about when I was, uh, when I was on guard there, uh, uh, guarding the perimeter of the base. The security of that whole base for others to sleep at night was dependent on me and my soldiers. That's a lot of weight to carry, a lot of lives in your hand. But I think about peace, I think about safety, when I think about uh, security, I think about, you know, I, I feel safe. When I think about security, I think about protection. That's what security is. And, and, and by the way, that's what God provided for mankind in the very beginning. When he put man in the garden, uh, when he put him on this earth, he put him in a very secure environment. He put him at a place where they had provision. They had those things met. They had peace. They had protection. You know, even the animals lived in harmony in the garden. The animals don't even live in harmony in my house. And they lived in harmony in the garden. You know what? Adam did not have to worry if that lion was going to attack him when he went to sleep. He cuddled with that lion. That was his, his teddy bear. What I'm saying is God met these needs in the garden. So what happened? When mankind sinned, security became insecurity. All the things we deal with started in the garden. What was the, one of the first things that took place? Fear came in. I, I now have to hide. I, I don't want you to see who I really am. When sin came in, shame came in. They were now ashamed. They saw themselves as naked and, and they were ashamed, so they hid themselves. Lying started to take place. I, I have to create a narrative that projects who I want to be, not who I really am. Insecurity does that, right? That was one of the things, you know, uh, uh, in the army I started to realize real quick that, 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 that people have to put on a, uh, uh, a certain, they have to project a certain thing, like I'm, I'm the one that's in charge and I'm the one, you know, and, 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 and try to, to, to put on, if you will, and you start to get to know that person, you're like, they're not like that at all. It's insecurity. Blame shifting. Didn't we see that in the garden? Well, God, you see this woman you gave me. <laughs> so much for a blessing. This woman you gave me. And then he looks at the woman. Well, you see the snake. All right, when your kids blame the dog, right? Insecurity found its foundation when sin came into the world. Because you and I are sinners, we inherently deal with insecurity. Insecurity. We deal with fear, we deal with hiding, with lying, with, with trying to be something that we're not. And so, as we consider that we looked at what is security, let's look at what is insecurity. We've kind of already started looking at that, but in, in its essence, it's a spirit of fear. Now, I want to say this, I, uh, uh, I'm not saying that insecurity is fear, because I think God gave us fear as a, as a mechanism in our lives. You see, if you're hiking along a trail and all of a sudden you come across a grizzly bear, there's something inside you that just jumps, doesn't it? And adrenaline kicks in and you start problem solving. How am I going to get through this? And you look at the person next to you and you think, can I outrun them? Because you're not going to outrun the bear. But what is that? That's fear saying, do not go and give that cuddly animal a hug. It's not as cuddly as he looks. Right, I went to the Grand Canyon a few years ago, and, and you, you you get to a certain point where something inside you says you're too close. And there was it wasn't inside me; it was my wife. But no, but that fear that, that there's a, there's a natural fear, and there are certain things you and I have a natural fear of. That's good. God gave that. In fact, we're even commanded to fear God. So fear itself is not the problem. One author described fear as a mercy of God. So the question is not, do I have fear? And the question is not, is fear wrong? The question is, what do I do with my fear? When you're afraid, what do you do with fear? What did Adam and Eve do when they were fearful? They hid themselves. What should they have done? They should have run to God. God would have messed up. By the way, even with all that, he sought them out, and he took care of them, and he clothed them. He took care of it, he met their needs, and he taught them along the way. So what do you do with fear? Fear ought to drive us to security. Instead, it tends to feed more insecurity in us, but it ought to drive us to God. I think what the psalmist said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Well, time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. When that insecurity comes, we run to the Lord. And and by the way, a big part of this is understanding who God is. Who he is in your life. So what does insecurity look like? We, We have kind of an idea of a stereotype of insecurity. Right? Timid, shy, reserved. Oh, that person's insecure. They start stuttering when they're talking to people. Oh, that's an insecure person. But you know, sometimes security looks like this. Me, 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 everyone look at me. Sometimes it shows up in a lot of different ways. And, and you know, insecurity can, can, can come across sometimes as, as the person who's just needing the attention. Or needing approval. Sometimes insecurity is, I don't want anybody to see me. You see, there's kind of two, coins to the, two sides to this coin, so to speak. And, you know, Paul, Paul uh, uh, expressed his insecurity was his confidence in his flesh. His insecurity came out as being overly confident in the flesh. Sometimes confidence uh, is, is a great mask for insecurity. Sometimes it looks afraid. Sometimes it looks confident. I heard, I heard a story about a family. They were going on a walk. They had their kids with them. And there was this, uh, every day they'd go by this house. And this, uh, this, this, this very aggressive dog was always on its leash. And they'd laugh at it as it would come to the end of the leash, and it's kind of following them along the fence, and it's rah, 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 going crazy. And one day they're coming along, and they found themselves face to face with that dog, not on the leash. Now, the wife in this family is a very quiet, reserved woman. Well, protective mama kicked in. She jumped in front of her husband, even. And as this aggressive dog's coming, she put her hands up and she gave out this roar at this dog and it's its tail ran between his legs and he tucked and run. You know, this I didn't expect a response like that and he ran, right? Now let me ask you. Was that insecurity? Or was that a confidence? I'll be honest with you, I bet she was terrified. What'd she do? She masked it. With an overcompensation of, I'm bigger and tougher than you are, dog. Because their kids were more important. <laughs> as we look at this, it's is just kind of an introduction as we talk about insecurity, but I want to give us just a couple things to think of as we go, go uh, our separate ways this morning. Something for today. In Second Timothy 1, look at verse 7 again. For God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God doesn't want you to be insecure. He does not want you to live in a spirit of fear. Here's what God has done. He's given us the spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind. So the first thing uh, we need, understand who we really are. This is what we need. Understand who we really are. Sometimes sometimes, uh, uh, we think, well, that's just the way I am. I'm just timid. I'm just insecure. I'm just whatever. But God says, no, that's not the way you are. If you're saved, let me say this. First of all, you've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. You've got the, the, the Spirit of God, that Spirit of power, that third person of the Trinity, the one that spoke the worlds into existence, the one who parted the Red Sea, the one who, uh, who, who fed the 5,000, the one who raised the dead. Uh, you can go on and on and on. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. That changes some things. Also, you've been given God's love. He loves you. You know there's nothing you can do to make God love you anymore than he loves you right now. We might use the word unconditional. I think it's thrown around a lot to where we start to lose its meaning, but the reality is unconditional. It comes without conditions. The fact that God loves you. We don't really dig into that. We don't really examine all the aspects of that, but he loves you. You know, the Bible says this, that love, uh, that fear hath torments, but perfect love casteth out fear. And is there any per- more perfect love than the love of God, the love that he has for you and me? How about this? He gives you a uh, power of love. He gives you a sound mind. You know, as a believer, you know why you're here. As a believer, you know where you're headed. As a believer, you've got purpose in your life. You know, you think about the world. So many people are just kind of uh, aimless, directionless, tossed to and fro and they, they don't really know what's what and what's going on and we're just some big cosmic accident and I'll tell you what the Bible tells me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and the same God that made me is the same God that purposed me is the same God that has has a calling for me if you would and 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 has a direction for my life and and I know why I'm here and I know what I'm supposed to be doing that's a sound mind It's clarity when you're a child of God, you, 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 can, uh, uh, you come home and say, you know, <laughs> or I'm sorry, let me go back up. When you were a kid, you'd come home and say, you know, to your, to your mom, well, you know, Johnny's parents let them watch that movie. And what did mom say? Anybody? Yeah. Or I'm not Johnny's mom. I'm your mom. You know, sometimes we can look at the world and say, well, God, they, they're doing that. And he says, they're not my children. You're my child. But the reality is he's given us a direction. He's given us what, what he wants from us and, and where do we are to be headed. And, and, you know, we're a child of God. First of all, understand who you really are. Secondly, understand that there are some good examples. As we look at insecurity, we look at security. There's some good examples. God has given some great examples in the Bible. God has given some great examples in our church. God God's God's you know here Paul is telling Timothy, hey, don't be ashamed. Don't be don't be ruled by this. Don't don't let this control you. You Now, Paul, of course, he was in jail. His closest friends had forsaken him. He talks about there's none left with me except a couple of names. But then he points out a faithful one like Onesiphorus, who sought out Paul diligently, simply to be an encouragement to him. And he points out to Timothy, he says, he was not ashamed of my chains. Paul himself, great example. Onesiphorus, great example. You see these guys, great examples. You see, when you walk out the door this morning, I want you to, I want you to think, I know who I am in Christ. I know that I've got a purpose. I know what I've been placed here for, and and I'm going to go forward. I'm saved by grace. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And this is who I am, and and I have a God who loves me, and I know who I am. I know where I'm going. Understand that there are good, godly examples that God has given you. One of the things we did with our our teens last year is uh, we went through a study through Ephesians and, and talking about identity. You know, there's a lot of talk these days about identity, isn't there? Who am I? We have, you know, even to the point of, here's who I am based on science, here's who I am based on my feelings. (laughs) And and we're all confused. But when we go to the Bible and let God define everything in our lives, it changes everything. But here's one big thing it's going to do for us it changes our confidence our trust, because it's no longer in ourselves. I will have no confidence in the flesh. Thirdly, 1 Timothy 2, look at verse number 14. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 2, verse 14. I don't know, was I right the first time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, verse 14. Second uh, Timothy 2, verse 14, he says, Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. He was saying, deal with those teachers who are saying the wrong things. But then, you know, deal with them. But then he says, Timothy, but this is what I have for you. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Make this your top priority. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that he is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, we look at, uh, there's, there's identity. That's who I am. There's the examples, who we can look to to help. And then there's the focus. Let your life be for one, perp- uh, for one person. For the approval of one person. Uh, uh, live your life as to say, what does God think about this? Insecurity is, what will others think about me? What do I think about me? But he says, no, study. Make every effort to live your life for the opinion of God, of one person. So the first question to ask is, what does God think of it? The second question to ask is, who am I working for? Who am I working for? It says, a workman that that is not to be ashamed you know, I don't need to be insecure. I'm working, I'm working for, you know, if, if I'm working for one of you or working alongside one of you, you might, you might uh, miss something that I did or misunderstand something. You see, God, not only does he see everything that I do, but he also understands why I did it. He even sees the heart behind it. When I serve the Lord, that's what he sees. And, and uh, you know, when it, he, he understands where I'm coming from. He understands the, the why behind it. By the way, whose opinion matters? Who am I working for? That's the question. And number three, what am I reading? He says they're rightly dividing the word of truth. It all comes down to my relationship to this book. Sometimes we look at it as an obligation. Oh, I've got to get my four chapters in today. But you know what the Bible is? The Bible is your portal to God. It's your communion with him. It tells, you, it tells you who God is and it tells you who you are. That's our issue with security, isn't it? Who are we and who is God? You, you, you want to deal with insecurities, you've got to go to the book. You've got to go to the book that God gave us. By the way, the only book God gave us. You know, you know why we're insecure? Our main information source is not the Bible. We flood our minds with five hours of social media a day, two hours with a movie, and we wonder why we're insecure. we're, We're getting all our cues from philosophies that have nothing to do with this book. What God says to Timothy is, Timothy, live for an audience of one. Get to know me in my book. As he lays this out, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto everyone. (laughs) Study to show thyself approved unto the masses. No, study to show thyself approved unto God. He's the one I'm looking for approval. And it's amazing when you combine that with the fact that he does approve, or that he does, uh, if I can put another word, accept. I am accepted in the Beloved. He sees me where I'm at, and he says, I love you, and I, and I see you, and I accept you exactly where you're at, and now let's get into the book, and let's walk together, and we're going to start growing. By the way, you need the second half on there of what I just said. Too many, too many churches, it's all just about feel good. And you know, Yes, God loves you and accepts you right where you're at. True statement. Let's just have a party and celebrate that. No, 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 you're missing it now. He loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to bring you along. But when we understand, I talked earlier about issues that we can sometimes have with fathers or with parents. When you understand there is one perfect father who knows me. Amazing thought. The one who knows me the best is the one who loves me the most. He knows my darkest thoughts. He knows all my all my failures. He knows, he knows more garbage about me than my own wife knows about me. And he loves me the most. Think about that. If you knew everything about me that God knows about me, you wouldn't even want, you wouldn't even want to be in the same town as me. Much less hear me preach. When I see him as that God... And I get into the word of God to get his mind, get his direction. And I realize this is not a performance-based relationship. It's grace, and it's a love-based relationship. And that is the most important thing that matters. All of a sudden, everything else kind of, kind of starts to fade, and I realize, who am I putting on a show for anyway? But then we fall back and say, well... There's still people in my life I've got to deal with. I like what one author said. He who is intimate with God is not intimidated by man. He who is intimate with God is not intimidated by man. Why? Because I'm secure in him. I'm settled in him. There's a little bit of an overview of what we're going to be touching in the next several weeks, but we're going to kind of dive in a little bit. I really hope it's going to be a help. It's... It's been kind of for me. I've been reading some books and studying my Bible in some of these areas. And, and uh, you know, they once, someone once said that uh, the sermons that make the biggest impact are the ones that have uh, impacted the preacher. And so I'm really hoping that this will be a help to us in the weeks to come. But, you know, when we make this our priority, getting to know God, living for Him, getting into His book... I think we're gonna start seeing leaps from insecurity to security, because it's based on him. It's based on my walk with him, not based on my performance and abilities. Well, if we start going around the room and start talking about it, what everyone can do, I'll tell you what, I'll start feeling insecure in a hurry. You know, I, I, like to, I like to ask Randy about structural things. I'm thinking about building a shed. What do you think about this? Why, because I know nothing right? But he's built a few things. So I go to him, and I'm like, man, I don't know anything. <laughs> you know? Well, I had this idea, and he says, well, that's a terrible idea. Here's why. <laughs> May not say it like that, but, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, because I don't know what I'm doing, right? And I can go around, you know, we've got, you know, Blake's got a, an engineering degree, right? And, and he can fly an airplane. I'm like, I can't fly an airplane. I worked on airplanes. I can't fly an airplane, and we can go down the line, all these skills and abilities, and, but you know what, it's not even about any of that. Who am I before God? And what has he done in my life? I tell you what, I can stand tall. To the world, I could look like the biggest failure. And maybe I am. But all of a sudden, I realize how valuable and how precious I am to him. I can get up tomorrow and be like, all right, Lord, let's do this. And then the next day, and then the next day. And we start going from that insecurity to security. You may say all day long, I really don't care what people think. But you do. We do. I want to be liked. How many of you here want people to hate you? (laughs) We want to be liked. All right. So I hope this will be a help to us. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. And uh, I hope that's what we will actually see these next few weeks. I sure appreciate you, church. Why don't we have a word of prayer, and then we'll be.